0: Log Talk Radio. This is your Sister Pearl with In the Word with Sister Pearl, and what a blessing, what a great privilege, what an honor it is to be with you yet another Sunday evening or whenever you happen to be listening on demand to Reaching Out Radio International. God bless you. God bless you, whether you're listening from the great continent of Africa, Asia, Australia, the other Oceania Islands and countries, Europe, South America, North America, Mexico, the Caribbean, wherever you happen to be listening in, tuning in, whether it's on Roku, on Apple Podcasts, or you're on your computer and you're listening via the Internet, or you're even calling up this special number that we have, I want to welcome you in the name that's above every other name, the powerful name of Jesus. God bless you. God bless you so much. I tell you what, I'm ready to go into this word because I'm excited about what we're going to share tonight. It's entitled, The Blood of Jesus is a Weapon. Do you know that? The precious blood that Jesus shed for you, for me, on Calvary's cross, a little bit over 2,000 years ago, is a tremendous weapon in your arsenal that the Lord has provided for you. Before we go into the message, will you just pray with me, whether you can bow your head or not, whether you can close your eyes or not, that's not um, going to be making a big difference. What it is is that I just want you to believe in prayer with me that God is going to speak to you, going to speak to me, and break some shackles, break some strongholds, as we understand as believing saints of God that we can use, utilize, appropriate the blood of Jesus as a powerful weapon. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you another time in no other name but the powerful, majestic, mighty, precious name that's above every other name that can be mentioned in heaven or on earth. It's the name of Jesus that we come tonight. And I ask you, Lord God, to hide your handmaiden, hide me behind the cross, that I would not be the one that's remembered, nobody would have to remember my name or who was giving this message, but that they would know that this is a message straight from the throne of God. For them, for me, even for those that don't know Jesus yet, that they would be so enamored, they would be so desirous. They would be drawn to you, Holy Spirit, to want to know you as they hear this message and they hear some of the wonderful ways that your blood uh, covers and protects and gives your children so much of an advantage over those who don't have the blood covering of the Lord Jesus. I pray that this would be something that would cause the ones that are yet outside the arc of safety, to want to run in quickly while it is yet time so that they can, too, be a part of using and benefiting from the precious blood of Jesus. Father, take away all obstacles that would cause us to be distracted, that would work as hindrances and blockages to hearing the word of God tonight. Just remove every plot and plan of the enemy to distract. We call everything that the enemy will shove in our path, we call it null and void right now in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father, that your word is going to go through tonight. It's going to go through with ease. It's going to break chains, break shackles. It's going to bring clarity to those that are confused about the blood of Jesus. I pray that tonight you will help us to understand a lot more about the precious blood that was shed for us on Calvary's cross by none other than the one who made us, the Lord Jesus, because we know that nothing was created that is created without Jesus. So thank you, Lord. Have your way. Be glorified. Be honored as your word is going to go forth right now to all of these over 90 nations that are able to hear Reaching Out Radio International and this broadcast in Jesus' name, amen and amen. So tonight, I'm so eager to share with you, we're continuing our series entitled Weapons of Our Warfare, if you have not been listening for the past couple of months. This theme is taken from 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 5, and I'm going to read it for you. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses one through five. Now I call myself beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who, in presence and am base among you, but being absent and bold toward you. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence with which I think to be bold against some, which think of us if we walked according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. This is key. Listen carefully. I'm going to repeat verse 3 of Second Corinthians 10. I'm going to repeat verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, in the past several weeks, we first talked about weapons of our warfare. The weapons that we use in spiritual warfare are not carnal. I repeat, I'm not talking tonight about using, you know, a.k.a. machine guns. I'm not talking about using rifles. I'm not talking about using, you know, all kinds of pistols. I'm not talking about using machetes. I'm not talking about using knives. I'm not talking about using, you know, hand grenades. Or bombs. I'm not talking about any of that. What I'm talking about tonight is very different from the weapons that are used in the carnal war. We're talking about spiritual weapons that God gives his believing saints of God, the men and the women that are following the Lord with their whole heart. I'm talking about spiritual weapons the spiritual weapons that can destroy spiritual enemies. And we'll talk about this more next Sunday night, God willing. But I've been talking about the weapons of our warfare. That was the first uh, time that I spoke on this theme. It was just the weapons of our warfare and explained about the weapons and how they're spiritual weapons. Then I started naming them. I talked first about the word of God as a weapon. Then I talked about prayer being a mighty tool in our arsenal as a weapon. Actually, I talked about prayer in two sessions, part one and part two. Then I spoke on the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus is a powerful weapon. Tonight, we're going to talk about the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Amen. Powerful. Powerful. Please allow me to say from the very onset that not anyone is automatically protected, nor can claim the blessings found in the powerful blood of Jesus. You and I must first be cleansed by his precious and all-powerful blood. Somebody that's not walking with God, somebody that's not wanting to live for Jesus, somebody who is not kingdom-minded or not a part of God's kingdom, cannot claim or appropriate or use or is you know a beneficiary of the blood of Jesus we have to first be cleansed by the blood of Jesus amen we've got to let Jesus wash us with the blood that he cleansed that he cleanses us with that was the blood that he shed On Calvary's course, if you've been listening to In the Word with Sister Pearl over a period of months and years, then you would know that you and I cannot really benefit from any of these promises that we have in Christ Jesus unless we are in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus means that we acknowledge that that we are sinners and that we've offended God who's holy and that his blood is necessary to wash us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, that's how come Jesus came to give his life as a sacrifice for you and a sacrifice for me. See, I sinned against God. You sinned against God. And the punishment for sin is eternal death, eternal separation, from God. I cannot even think about what that would look like. Oh my goodness, to be eternally separated from God? I don't even want to think about that. I don't want you to have to experience that. So Hebrews tells us in Hebrews chapter nine, verse fourteen, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God so it is the blood of Jesus that cleanses us amen it's the blood of Jesus that cleanses us so what i want you to do from the very beginning make sure created that you allowed the blood of Jesus to cleanse you from dead works, to cleanse me from dead works, to cleanse us from sin and separation from God. Amen. Okay, so that's the condition that we have to be cleansed from sin through the blood of Jesus. And then we can talk about appropriating about utilizing, about, you know, making the blood of Jesus a blessing in our lives. Amen. Amen. And so we know that the blood of Jesus is so key. 1 John chapter 1, verses 7 through 9 says, But if we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. Now, if we say that we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. And if we confess, there it goes, how do we get forgiven of our sins? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous so that he will forgive us our sins, and that means all of our sins, no matter what you've done, no matter what I've done. The Bible says that Jesus will forgive us of all our sins, and he will clean us. He doesn't just forgive us. I love this in First John chapter 1 and verse 9. He will not only forgive us of our sins, he will clean us up from all unrighteousness. All those things that would cause us not to be in a good standing relationship with God, he will clean us from those things that separate us from God. So once I'm under the covering and authority of the blood of Jesus, then I know that his blood shed on Calvary's cross paid the penalty for my sin and his blood forgives my sin. So now we're going to talk about Because remember, we're speaking tonight about the blood of Jesus is a weapon. So I want you and me to be reminded of how we appropriate the blood of Jesus as a powerful weapon. We understand that his blood forgives our sins. So when the enemy, meaning Satan, the devil, his imps, or somebody you know, another human being that is being used of the enemy tries to discourage us, remember that the blood of Jesus has forgiven our sin and will forgive us continually from sin. When Christ celebrated the Passover with his disciples, just prior to him allowing himself to be captured by his enemies, he told them, as we see recorded in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 28, For this is my blood of the covenant that is being poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. So the blood of Jesus forgives us of our sin. Amen. Thank God. Thank God. So don't allow the enemy to make you feel Oh, look at you. Remember what you did? He's very good at that. I'm talking about the devil. Very good at pointing out sin in your life, sin in my life. Make sure that we're always in a repentant state so that we don't hold on to sin. And we don't keep repeating the same sin over and over and over again. Because the blood of Jesus has been poured out for the forgiveness of our sins but not only to forgive us of our sins but like i said earlier in first john 1 7 through 9 he cleans us up from unrighteousness so he does not you know just leaves leave us in our dirt in our our muck in our mire in our filth, in our stench if we confess our sins truly and genuinely the blood of jesus not only forgives us of our sins, but cleans us up from all unrighteousness. So remember that. Remember that, that the blood of Jesus forgives sin. That's the first thing. I want you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus' blood forgives my sin and forgives your sin, forgave us of sin. Then, the blood of Jesus also justifies all who take refuge in and appropriate Christ's shed blood on Calvary's cross. The Bible says in Romans 5 and 9, much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath of God through him. Well, you might ask, Sister Paul, what do you mean by justified, you know? You may wonder what does justify mean. Justified means to declare or make righteous. That means make you, put you in a right relationship in the sight of God. You know, when you and I sin against God, we automatically feel condemned, okay? Because we know that we've done something that has offended God. But when we come and we seek God's forgiveness, he forgives us and then we're declared by God as righteous. And what does he use to, to justify us? Because remember what justify means. Justify means make right, clear righteous in the sight of God. Show or prove to be right. He makes us as one that is reasonable, that can come before his presence. When we're in sin, we're unreasonable. We, we cannot reason with God. God says, no, look, 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 you're, you're in sin. And I cannot, you know, relate to you. But when we humble ourselves and come humbly before God and repent of our sins, then his blood, his shed blood forgives us of our sins immediately when we're genuine. And then we're justified, not just forgiven, but now he even justifies us. Again, what does justify mean? He declares that we're now in a right relationship with him we're we're not being you know set apart from him we're not being pushed away from him he's drawing us close to him he's showing that we're right we're in a right standing relationship with him we're not you know in a distant relationship with him you know that when some people you know they have problems with one another They're not in a good relationship with one another, and there is no fellowship. Some people don't want to even see them because they're not right. They have not repented. They keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, no matter even if they say, I've I've changed, please forgive me. But they have no intention of changing. They just remain in unrepented sin. Repent means to turn away from. It doesn't just mean to say, I'm sorry it means to turn away from not do that thing again and so when we are forgiven by god he also justifies us then the blood of jesus now this is powerful so we've been forgiven by the blood of jesus powerful weapon we've been justified we've been put in a right put back in a right relationship with God, who is Jesus, and now the blood of Jesus protects the people of God. Wow. Now we're protected by the blood of Jesus. Can you imagine someone coming up to you and threatening your life? God forbid it. I pray you never encounter that. But do you know If it weren't for the blood of Jesus, you probably would not be alive to even hear this message that you're listening to right now. Because so many times that you and I are not aware of, the enemy has tried to take us out, literally kill us. But it is nothing but the blood of Jesus that has protected the people of God. And as we see, even I give you an example in Exodus chapter 12, verse 7, and then verses 12 to 13. I'm going to read Exodus 12, 7. Moreover, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. Now, in this time, God is about to perform a phenomenal miracle for the children of Israel. They were living in Egypt for a long time, and the Egyptian pharaoh was taking horrible advantage of them, doing terrible things with them, uh, made them his slaves and were asking him to do things that were not even reasonable. They were treated very, very badly. And God was about to deliver them and bring them out of Egypt and into a place that they could live in a, freely. And serve God freely. So he told them that he wanted them to take some of the blood of lambs that they were slaughtering to offer sacrifices to God. Take some of the blood, put it on the, to- the two doorposts and on the, the lintel of the houses. That just above, you know, just above the door of your home put the blood there, take some of the blood of that sacrificial lamb and mark your doorpost with this blood. Then he said, why? He told them why in Exodus 12, verses 12 and 13. So he told them what to do in verse 7. he told them why they're doing what they're, he's asking them to do in verses 12 and 13. For I will go through the land of Egypt on that night, And fatally strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, from the human firstborn to animals. And against all the gods, with a small g, of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will come upon you, to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Listen to me, beloved. The blood of Jesus is a phenomenal, powerful weapon that God has given every man of God, every woman of God, every child of God, no matter what your age. We are no longer needing to slaughter a little animal a little lamb or for those that could not afford the lamb it was no longer necessary to slaughter the goat or for those that are even poorer financially and they would use the blood of a pigeon because that's all they could afford and then and then you know sprinkle the blood of that pigeon upon the doors that that led into their home. And what did God tell them to do? Not only were they supposed to put the blood as a sign on the houses where they lived, told them that when I see the blood, I'm going to pass over you. In other words, when I come to destroy, when I send the death angel to destroy the firstborn of every home in Egypt, all the Egyptians' homes that don't serve God, that and the living God, I'm going to cause that death angel to go to every house that's in the land of Egypt. But if I see that the blood has been applied to your door, and you're inside of your house, I'm going to let that death angel pass right over you, and no plague will come upon you to destroy you or anyone in your home when I strike the land of Egypt. I'm going to tell you something, beloved. I did not even plan to say this tonight, but I feel the Holy Spirit just move on me to share it right now. There is coming a day, Very soon, I don't know what day, I don't know what month, I don't even know what year, but I can tell you that soon God is going to cause the wicked to lose what is dear to them because they have been rebelling against God like nobody's business. They have been flying in the face of God like nobody's business. Even some of the people that claim to be speaking on behalf of God are going to be slain. Why? Because they've compromised and they have mocked God and they have rebelled against God in front of the heathen. They've made a mockery of the name of God in front of the heathen. They've disrespected and dishonored the name of God in front of those that are heathen. And God is about to do something. How are you and I going to be covered? Well, number one, let's make sure that we're not disobeying God, that we're not rebelling against God, that we're not doing that which God hates, that we're not partaking in the abominable acts that the world is involved in, so that when he does send his wrath and his judgment, that the the blood of Jesus will cover us, that no plague will come to destroy us that he will see the blood of Jesus. He's not asking for you now to put the blood of Jesus as a sign over the doorpost of your home. If he says to do that, then do that. But he's not asking for that because he has set the blood and marked us. He's covered us with the blood of Jesus now. Amen. If we belong to Jesus, trust me, we've been marked by the Holy Spirit, and the enemy knows who belongs to the Lord. So I would invite you and encourage you to make sure that you have the blood of Jesus marked upon your forehead. Amen. It's not a mark that can see physically, but the Lord knows who belongs to him. He knows who are his. Make sure that you belong to Jesus. I tell you, the blood of Jesus protects God's people and we're covered under the blood of Jesus. I remember just in December, just 2022, I think some of you already know this story, that my daughter and I were hit we were pedestrians. We were not driving. We were walking on the street and crossing a street. We had the right of way. We had the green light for us to cross the street. And yet a van, not even just a car, but a big big van struck my daughter and then struck me and literally ran me over. I was pinned underneath. I thank God, beloved, for the blood of Jesus that covered me, the blood of Jesus that covered my daughter. If it had not been for the blood of Jesus that covered us, I don't believe I would be able to be here and do this broadcast tonight. I would, I would have been gone. It was an assault of the enemy. The enemy comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy as the Lord told us in John chapter 10, verse 10. But Jesus said, but I come to give you life and that in abundance. And you can believe me that when I was underneath of those tires, I was calling on the the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. I was calling on the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. The blood of Jesus protects God's people. The blood of Jesus protects the people of God. Amen. All the time. Hmm. Thank God. You know, sometimes I wanted to also ask you about this. Have you ever had a horrible dream or nightmare and that you were struggling to get out of that helpless state? You You feel like, oh, my goodness, Dear God, please help me. I so want to end this. I want to get out of this nightmare. I want to get out of this bad dream. And you feel like something is pressing on you. Something is keeping you there. I'm going to encourage you by telling you, you need to call on the name of Jesus, like I taught you the last time we talked about the name of Jesus. But even if you can, speak his name and call on the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus is against you, Satan, in the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus is against you, because the devil hates the blood of Jesus, he hates the name of Jesus, so ask God to give you the power to call, even in, even just in your mind, begin to call the name of Jesus, begin to call the blood of Jesus. I have had times when I was struggling to get out of that you know, that that, that, that state that I was just between that state of a, a sleep and then trying to get up and something evil was holding me there. But when I could utter the name of Jesus and call an appropriate the blood that Jesus shed for me on Calvary. Let me tell you, I got out of that thing right away. Whatever was holding me had to leave. You can use, you can appropriate as a child of God. You can appropriate the name of Jesus and the blood of Jesus. Amen. So so far we've looked at three ways that the blood is a tremendous weapon. The blood of Jesus. Number one, forgives my sin. Amen. Don't let the devil tell you that God will not forgive you. No, he will forgive you. That's why he shed his blood. Because if your blood was shed, that will not be able to forgive your sins. Your blood is not spotless. It's not blameless. It's not sinless. Your blood is fuller. Your blood is, is, is sinful, just like my blood is sinful. The only blood that could have been shed on Calvary's cross and that God the Father would accept was the sinless, blameless, guiltless blood of Jesus. No other blood is acceptable to God of Jesus because only Jesus' blood is guiltless. He never sinned. Amen. So the blood of Jesus is for the forgiveness of your sins and my sins. Then the blood of Jesus justifies us. The blood of Jesus covers us so that when Jesus sees me, he does not see me as, you know, unrighteous. He does not see me as somebody who is in a bad relationship with him. He sees me as somebody who has been washed by the blood of Jesus, cleansed by the blood of Jesus, and made justified by Jesus. In other words, when, when, the, when the Heavenly Father looks at me and sees the blood of his son Jesus on me, he sees, oh, been declared righteous. In my sight. Uh, I, I see her as somebody who's living in a right relationship with me. That's all made possible by the blood of Jesus. And then the blood of Jesus protects his people, just as it protected the people that were of the Israeli nation, the Jewish people, the Jewish nation, when the death angel was going to come and take out the firstborn Of every household that was Egyptian, whether it was a human being or an animal, the firstborn was going to go, was going to be struck down dead. But not the people of Israel. No, they were covered by the blood that was on the doorpost. When the death angel came in and saw the blood on their doorpost, death angel said, I'm not coming to take any life in this household. He just passed right over then the blood of Jesus also heals God's people. Wow. We receive this promise in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 5. But he was pierced, or the King James said he was wounded for our transgressions. In the New King James it says he was pierced, or the, the, the New American Standard says he was pierced for our offenses. He was crushed for our wrongdoings. The punishment for our well-being was laid upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Wow. That's what the blood of Jesus does. That's what Jesus did for us on Calvary when he allowed himself to be beaten He allowed himself. He didn't have to to do that. He willfully allowed himself, took on the sins of the world. He took on your sin. He took on my sin, and he was pierced, wounded because of my sin, my transgressions. He was crushed because of my wrongdoings, because of your wrongdoings. The punishment for our well-being? the punishment that we deserved, that was laid upon him. That was put on his back. And by his wounds, we are healed. And I love it. See, because that was when Isaiah, the Messiah, coming and what he would do on behalf of humanity. But then 1 Peter chapter 2 in the New Testament. Verse 24, see, Jesus, by that time, he came, he was born, he lived a sinless life, and then he was crucified. Then he gave up his life freely for you and for me to be the sacrifice on our behalf. But he didn't stay dead. He didn't stay in that tomb. He resurrected from the dead and he lives forevermore and and first peter the apostle peter tells us in first peter chapter 2 and verse 24 who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to our sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes we were healed so past tense not like isaiah we are healed Now in 1 Peter 2.24, by whose stripes we were healed. So we already were healed by the blood of Jesus. Now we have to appropriate. Now we have to lay claim on that healing. Believe that God has healed us from sickness and disease. Believe that God has healed us from the sickness of sin. And, and and unrighteousness, the blood of Jesus heals his people. Hallelujah. And that we as his dear children are redeemed by the blood of Jesus. What does redeem mean? It means to compensate for the faults or bad aspects. And redemption is speaking of what is achieved through the atonement Therefore, there is is referring to the death of Jesus paying the price of a ransom. See, the devil was holding us in sin, and Jesus paid the price to release us from the devil's stronghold. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's redeemed us by the blood of Jesus, releasing believers in Christ from bondage to sin and death. And where do we get that? From Ephesians chapter 1, 7 and 8. In him we have redemption. Here it goes. We're talking about the blood of Jesus as a weapon. In him we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of our wrongdoings according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished on us. He didn't give it out cheaply. He poured it out. Generously, he lavished it on us in all wisdom and insight. Jesus has redeemed us by his blood. Aren't you happy about that? I'm thrilled about that. And then he sanctifies us by his blood. The writer of Hebrew teaches us that we're sanctified by his blood. So what does it mean to be sanctified? It means to be set apart or to be declared holy, consecrated to God. Oh, my goodness. By this, I'm going to read from Hebrews. I'm going to read Hebrews 10 and 10. By this, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all time. See, Jesus is not going to be doing this. A million times. He's God. He does it once. Dying for our sins once is enough. That's it. Now, one, one easy example I often give of this being sanctified and what that sanctification looks like in a very carnal uh, example is special chinaware. That if your parents had had special chinaware porcelain or whatever, special dishes, cups, bowls, even, you know, cutlery that's made of real silver or gold, you don't use that on an everyday basis. You, that's not for everyday painting, you know, when, when you your, your parents have like special china wear, they only will bring that out on special occasions. It's a special holiday, it's Christmas, it's, it's New Year, it's Thanksgiving. Now, pertaining to you and me, we're not for carnal everyday use by the devil or by those that serve the devil. No, we're following Christ, and we belong to the kingdom of God. We, we don't belong to the kingdom of this present world. We're to be separate from the world and set apart for God's use, to glorify who? To glorify God, to fulfill his purpose and his will on the earth. Amen. So that's what it means to be sanctified. If I am a sanctified, if I were young, I remember I was young, and I was already in the Lord, thank God. So when I rededicated my life to the Lord at age 19, I got saved when I was nine, but then I rededicated my life to God when I was just turning, I believe it was 18, just turned 18, rededicated my life to the Lord. And God helped me, believe me, this was not me. This was Jesus and Jesus alone helped me never to look back again. But I realized that I could not live like other girls my age. Why? Because those other girls were not serving God. So I could not do as much as my flesh might have wanted to do it. I was not free to do that, and I didn't want to do that. The spiritual side of me didn't want to do that because I knew that I was to be separate from the world. My body, my thinking, my intellect was to glorify God. Set apart, meaning sanctified, for God's purposes, for God's use, to glorify him. And then lastly, the blood of Jesus speaks of the better and new covenant we have in Christ Jesus. This is described in Hebrews 12 and verse 24. And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. The, the mediator is not Mary that gave birth to Jesus. She's not the mediator. The mediator is the man Christ Jesus, the one who gave his life. The only one who can give his life as a human sacrifice is Jesus Mary could not do that because Mary had sin. She was created in sin, just like you and I were created in sin shape, and shaped in iniquity. The only one who had the heavenly, our heavenly Father to be. His father, literally, is Jesus. There was no earthly father. That Jesus really had. Joseph was really his stepfather, because it was not because of. Joseph interacting with his wife Mary that the Lord Jesus came forth. No, Jesus came forth because the Holy Spirit hovered over the Virgin Mary because she was a virgin at that time, and that's how Jesus came to be. Amen. So Jesus speaks of a better and a new covenant. Jesus. is is the mediator. If you remember in Genesis 4.10, Abel had offered up to the Lord a better sacrifice to God than his brother Cain. But then Cain was so angry because of God loving and liking and honoring his brother Abel's sacrifice because Abel offered up a blood sacrifice and then Unfortunately, Cain killed his brother and shed his innocent brother's blood. In Genesis chapter 4 and verse 10, the Bible tells us, and then he said, what have you done? God asked Cain, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. See, the blood of Christ not only redeems, sanctifies, and purifies, it also speaks, it is speaking blood, speaking something better than the blood of Abel. Abel's blood speaks to God for accusation and vengeance, vengeance upon what Cain did, whereas Christ's blood speaks to God for forgiveness, justification, reconciliation. And the blood of Jesus is what redeems us back, buys us back to God. Now, I'd like to share something with you that I pray will encourage you and strengthen your heart. It's a powerful confession. Every blood-washed believer can rightfully claim in the mighty name of Jesus. Some parts of it were written by the late Derek Prince and David Wilkerson, while part of it is by John Eckhart, who is still alive. These declarations were all compiled from scriptures in the Holy Bible. And I want you to hear this confession which we too may apply by the blood to our lives. The references precede each confession. Now, I've also written this down on the um, Reaching Out Radio Internet website. Okay? So you can find it there. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, through the blood of Jesus, I am redeemed out of the hand of the devil. I'm not going to pray us out tonight, but I'm going to read us out tonight. And I want you to go online, go to the website for Reaching Out Radio, the blog spot, and I want you to see that I've shared this there for each and every one of you to to get for yourself. I'm going to start it again. Ephesians 1 and verse 7. Through the blood of Jesus, I'm redeemed out of the hand of the devil. Ephesians 1, 7 again. Through the blood of Jesus, all my sins are forgiven. 1 John 1, 7, the blood of Jesus, God's Son, cleanses me continually from all sin. Romans 5, 9, through the blood of Jesus I am justified, made righteous, just as if I'd never sinned. Hebrews 13, verse 12, through the blood of Jesus I am sanctified, made holy, set apart to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse. 19 and 20, my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, cleansed, sanctified by the blood of Jesus. Therefore, Satan has no place in me, no power over me through the blood of Jesus. Through the blood of Jesus, I am redeemed out of the hand of the devil. Through the blood of Jesus, all my sins are forgiven. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses me continually from all sin. Through the blood of Jesus, I'm justified, made righteous, just as I've never sinned just as if I've never sinned. Through the blood of Jesus, I am sanctified, made holy, set apart. My body is a temple for the Holy Spirit, redeemed, cleansed, sanctified by the blood of Jesus. Therefore, Satan has no place in me, no power over me through the blood of Jesus. I renounce him, loose myself from him, and command him to leave me in the name of Jesus. Amen. I cover my mind and thoughts with the blood of Jesus. I cover my doorpost and possessions with the blood of Jesus, Exodus 12 and 13. I overcome the devil through the blood of Jesus, Revelation 12, 11. I sprinkle the blood of Jesus and receive multiplied grace and peace, First Peter 1 and 2. I am made perfect through the blood, the everlasting covenant, Hebrews 13, 20 to 21. I have boldness to enter into the presence of God through the blood, Hebrews 10, 19. My conscience is Purged from dead works to serve the living God through the blood of Jesus. Hebrews nine fourteen. I eat the body of Jesus and drink his blood, John six fifty-four. I have redemption through the blood of Jesus, and I've redeemed from the power of evil. Ephesians one seven. I rebuke all spirits of torments and fear, because I have peace through the blood of Jesus. Colossians chapter 1 and 20. I receive the benefits of the new covenant through the blood of Jesus. Matthew twenty six twenty eight. I receive healing and health through the blood of Jesus. I receive abundance and prosperity through the blood of Jesus. I receive deliverance through the blood of Jesus. I receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit and the anointing through the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus bears witness to my deliverance and salvation. 1 John 1, 7. Jesus resisted unto blood. And his blood gives me victory. Hebrews 12 24. I rebuke and cast out all spirits of guilt, shame, and condemnation through the blood of Jesus. I break the power of sin and iniquity in my life through the blood of Jesus. Hebrews ten seventeen. My heart is sprinkled and purified by the blood of Jesus from all evil conscience. Hebrews ten twenty-two. I rebuke Satan, the accuser of the brethren, through the blood of Jesus, Revelation 12, 10. I command all my accusers to depart through the blood of Jesus, John eight ten. I rebuke and cast out all spirits of slander and accusation through the blood of Jesus, Matthew 12 and 10. I release the voice of the blood against demons and evil spirits that would accuse me and condemn me, Hebrews 12, 24. I proclaim the victory of the blood of Jesus, I am blood washed, blood brought, blood justified, blood safe, blood ransomed, and I proclaim the victory of the blood of Jesus. And I speak that over every man of God, over every woman of God, over every child of God that is listening to this broadcast Tonight or whenever you happen to be listening to this message that the blood of Jesus is a weapon, I proclaim victory over you through the blood of Jesus. Your blood washed, defied, blood safe, blood ransomed, and you have victory through the blood of Jesus. God bless you. I love you. But Jesus loves you so much more. Remember The blood of Jesus is a weapon. Use it for the glory of God and to have victory. Until next time, this is Reaching Out Radio with the broadcast in the word with Sister Pearl. I love you, but Jesus loves you so much more. Bye-bye.